all right, we got enough personality between the two of us. Right. Uh, I got to give a shout out to our business partner, Betty, who is an amazing mom to three wonderful boys. And, you know, uh, she's getting a massage, a massage that she couldn't move. And I'm not going to judge her because we know that she deserves it. We're not mad at um, Jamie, <laughs> Jamie, you got ganja agrees here today, girl. I am smoking uh, some Wink Mimosa right now. Uh, so I got some ganja Wink? today. What about you? Um, neither. No ganja, no grigio. I gave, <laughs> I gave up, um, uh, liquor for Lent and then I just didn't have time to roll a joint. I was stuffing my face. <laughs> Let's kick things off. Um, happy Women's History Month, girl. Happy Women's History Month. That's so For awesome. those who... For those who may or may not know, March is Women's History Month, um, a month to celebrate and highlight the contribution, the contributions, excuse me, of women to the world, both past and present. Um, we put together this little playlist called Get It Girl, full of boss babe hits on Spotify. Jamie, what are some of your favorite Get It Girl songs and artists? Just like anything Whitney Houston to me is like the epitome of get it girl. Just like get it girl. Like that's <laughs> it. Like some Just go off. Yeah, you just go off. Name me anyone better. Like try. Listen, Whitney Houston is forever a bop. What was I listening to the other morning? I can't. I was, I, needless to say, Sunday morning, it was a beautiful day here in L.A., the windows was open. Whitney was definitely cranking on Sunday, you know. So yeah, we we have to, we always. She's always a go to. Yep, always. She's always a go to. What about you? Um, but what? Um, for me, I like everybody. I like powerful anthem songs. I like Aretha. I like a little Diana Ross. I like you know something a little ratchet every once in a while. You know the Kayleys. You know, I, every once in a while, you got to switch it up. Sometimes it just depends on the mood, right? Like, you would get a girl when you want to be a boss. You would get a girl when your heart's broken and you're mad with the world. So I think, you know, there's somebody for everybody. Yeah, I'm really into uh, Megan Thee Stallion right now for the bops. I will tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got them strong knees, huh, girl? Yeah, exactly. You know it. Uh, but, you know, over the next month, we're going to be talking about a variety of topics related to women in cannabis. And um, one of the first things I read this actually a few weeks ago was in the Journal of Women's Health that women are more likely than men to switch to cannabis rather than pharmaceuticals to treat pain and other issues, despite getting less support from physicians to try medical cannabis. Jamie, are you personally open with your primary care physician about your cannabis use? Um, you know, I wasn't, um, and then I was. So I, you know, when I go to the doctor and they used to say, like, do you smoke? And I would just answer, like, oh, I, I don't smoke cigarettes would be, like, my mm -hmm. standard answer. And then it has definitely evolved into... Like, oh, yeah, I self-medicate with cannabis for sure. And now I'm open about it, but I never used to be. 
what was the reaction you got from your doctor? Do you have a male or female physician? Um, I have a female physician and she didn't really, like, it didn't really phase her. Um, but she, she has said, made comments to me like, well, you know, there's harmful effects of smoking. So it's not as much about the cannabis as much as it is the delivery method. Exactly. And that was the same, the same reasoning I had when I spoke with my PCP. Um, and that was probably one of the main reasons why I changed from tobacco products to paper and naturals and using, you know, wick and hemp and all of these types of different things, um, hemp wick, excuse me. Um, because of that, you know, she was like, I'm not going to say or talk against the cannabis part, but I am more interested in, you know, how are you consuming, um, and that kind of thing. So I, it was interesting that we both had that same conversation and that was a topic um, across the board. Yeah, I think, I think even with doctors, like even with medical doctors, there's still some sort of like, you want to call it stigma, you want to call it shame, you want, whatever you want to call it. There's still some hesitancy to tell a medical professional that you're using cannabis. Like right. it's, 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 but I, you know, uh, I do think it's more the, um, like the actual inhalation and the smoking of weed over the use of the plant for medication. Right. Right. Um, and you know, just to throw some more statistics out there, it says for women interested in trying cannabis, 90% claim the desires for medical reasons. So we can see that the female consumer is definitely driven for more holistic, natural remedies for healing and you know, pain and all of these types of other issues. Well, yeah, no. So when I I started consuming cannabis, not for medical related reasons, uh, but more. So I mean, who really does? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, like I I started uh, smoking weed when I was nineteen. I was going through you know a really crazy time in my life, and it was the thing that like I always say like turned my brain off. And like got my like got me through like my most anxious moments. And when like things felt too overwhelming, it was like smoking a joint was always there. Um, but on the other side of that, I've had stomach issues my whole life. My whole life, the most common thing to come out of my mouth is my stomach hurts. And when I started smoking weed, I didn't realize, but I stopped complaining that my stomach hurt. And cause the cannabis would help me, you know, like it would, it's still to this day when, when like I get my period and I have terrible cramps, it's like, I smoke a joint and I just feel like a normal person again. And it was actually my mom who called it out. And she said, she's like, you don't complain about your stomach anymore. And I was like, you're right. And I, I, at the time, I don't know that I realized it was from, you know, smoking weed, but it really has helped in like a lot of physical ailments that I have. I, um, that's great. You know, for me as a weekend warrior, you know, sports or other things that I struggle with or had injuries with, um, it was something I turned to, you know, other than always want to take Tylenol or ibuprofen for all those types of different pains. Once I started to learn, 
Um, shout out to Brett, who's here in the room tonight. He gave me my first job at Buds and Roses as, as, as the receptionist. Um, I got to learn all about the medicinal style using tinctures and different strains for different reasons. And, and, and they, they introduced me to a lot of different products. So using those type of products has, def, you know, topicals. I love a topical for the aching knees or the lower back. So all those types of different products, I love to use a variety of different, you know, consume in a different in a variety of different ways. Yeah, I mean, we're living in a whole new world with a variety of products. Like you're in California, I'm in Canada, both places, it's legal. But the first time I walked into a dispensary in California, and I, I mean, I'm going back now over two years, probably almost three at this point. But I remember the first time walking in and being like a kid in a candy store and being like, I like, I have, I had only ever smoked joints. I had never, I've never been into like dabbing or concentrates or anything in that way. I don't really fuck around with edibles unless I'm getting on an airplane. And, you know, I just remember all of these options and, you know, I have like so many memories of various places around the world in like broken languages, trying to get weed. Um, and to see like all of the different formats now, it's, it's wild. It's wild. What's available. I had to bring Brett up because I know Brett has used cannabis for, um, uh, for his, uh, epilepsy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, Brett, tell the room your story. Oh, well, thank you for for uh, letting me come up here. It's an honor, and I'm so proud of you, and I'm so grateful that you got the opportunity to work there. That's where I actually got my first job in the cannabis space was at Buds and Roses. Um, and I just, you know, a short bit about my journey to finding cannabis is I was always very anti-cannabis. I, I worked in veterinary medicine for years and was a believer and, and still am in uh, Western medicine. Uh, but when I moved to California, I lost my health insurance and I had to come off of years of, of um, anti-epileptic drugs. I had developed a pretty severe case of epilepsy uh, pretty soon after um, I had pretty major surgery in 2010. And um, soon after, since I moved here and I had to come off of all these medications, I ended up trying cannabis just because I needed something to, to help me come off of these things. And I was really worried about my health. Uh, and what ended up happening is not only did it help me come off of the medication, but I stopped having seizures. I mean, I, they just became less frequent. Uh, less severe. And uh, I used a broad spectrum of, of cannabis products, uh, specifically tinctures. And I'm, I smoke too, uh, but tinctures was my primary source. And I'm super grateful to the plant. And that's why I'm still in the industry. And also almost six years seizure free. Wow. Yes. Bravo. Thank you, Brett. Um, uh, what I wanted to kind of switch focus a little bit after hearing Brett's story, I, I it, it sort of kind of talks about how, you know, um, the opportunity with one person allows you to mo move into another space. So um, I just had to say thank you to Brett. Um, thank you for having me up here. Jamie, no problem. Um, Jamie, so, you know, as a marketing and branding 
agency, we have to talk about some of the, the, the great marketing and branding networks that's out in the market right now. I think a brand that's sort of hitting in all cylinders with their marketing and their branding tone right now is Jay-Z-led cannabis brand Monogram. Their latest campaign highlights the hypocrisy inherent in current cannabis regulations across the country, accompanied by you know stark portraits of those impacted by the antiquated laws. Jamie, have you gotten a chance to check out some of these the campaign? I've seen a few of the campaigns, and like Jay Z is just killing it. Like it is, it's it's one of those brands to me that's a bit of a perfect storm and and a perfect brand. You have a product that's so authentic to Jay-Z, right? Like he is a a well-known user of cannabis products and somebody who has come, you know, up in his life and has seen both sides of the coin of like living, you know, with his, with his past and dealing drugs and all of that stuff to where he is now. And it, they're, they're, they're killing it. Like, I don't, I normally will find fault as you know, in some part of a campaign. Um, but I, I think, I think they're really nailing it. I do. What I love most is that the brand messaging campaigns all align with the core value of the brand and what Jay-Z has been talking about, right? Systematic well, you know, race. talking to. Right. Systemic racism, the national drug policy, all of these types of different things. And I think sometimes, you know, marketers, designers, they overthink the process. They think that we need to have all the colors and all of these types of, you know, all of these, I call it the extras, right? But the consistency from the branding, the flower, the packaging, to then now the simplicity and the messaging of, you know, the billboards, the, the guerrilla style in which, you know, they're approaching their marketing style. Um, you know, it's just a lot. And also how it's on time, right? And campaigns align with major movements, whether it's in policy, they did the, the billboards at major um, state cross lines a few months ago when they first launched, you know, where, you know, cannabis is legal on this side, but it's not on this side. Um, so I think, Mm-hmm. Also, combining with that, and I think this is something we even bring up with our clients, is that it's not just about, oh, we have this product, but it's a lifestyle, right? There's there's so many different elements to it, but I think where they're also nailing it at is they're providing their consumers original content, they're living in different places, so they have the Spotify playlist curated by Jay-Z. They also now have, excuse me, not Spotify, Tidal. Because you know yeah. Jay Z don't play. Yeah, we, you know, he's all he's all about his and <laughs> he knows all about you know his brand. So excuse me, that was a title playlist. They now came out with you know Instagram original content, an original content series that's actually really dope that I checked out with Tanache. Um, so they're definitely one of my brands that are hitting you know all cylinders, all the check marks of different things that I like to see from cannabis brands and how they're um, messaging to the consumer. But you hit the nail on on the head at the beginning of your statement. They know who their customer is. They know who is buying their products. They know who their messaging is geared towards and the emotional triggers that they need to pull to be relevant. What I'm finding on my side of the coin here, like in Canada, 
and we touched on this last week, is that brands don't know who they're talking to. We want to talk to people who smoke weed. Yeah, duh. So does everybody. Like, you know, they don't, they, they, I, I, I use this example. I get these, you know, briefs from brands. And when I sold beauty, I would get, you know, for a mascara, right? I would get a psychographic profile of, you know, Susan and Susan is 18 to 24 and she buys this, this, and this, and she likes this, this, and this. It wasn't saying for the mascara, we're looking for people who have eyelashes. And I find that in Canada, that's what the cannabis brands are saying. We're looking for people who smoke weed. Well, okay, that's going to really, for a consumer packaged goods company, that's really going to take you a long way. So it's, 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 your market is far more evolved in that respect of understanding the customer and understanding the consumer and how to speak to them. Well, you know, you brought that up. I'm glad that you brought up Canada because it also rolls into Houseplant, which started off, as we know, as a Canadian brand with Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, is now coming to the United States, specifically in California, um, using the direct-to-consumer strategy where, you know, you can only purchase online directly. Um, And their strategy with launching their brand was launching house goods a line of household products, including, you know, tabletop lighters, ashtrays, other, other accessories. So then we have another flip side of the coin. What things do you see Houseplant doing in Canada right now that you can say they definitely are not doing United States or vice versa? So in my group today, uh, so for the people who don't know, I run a network for bud tenders. Bud tenders are the only people who are legally allowed to sell cannabis. And so today in my group, um, as a question of the day, I asked about um, about houseplant. And I, because also I knew we were going to have this call. And um, one of the questions, that what I said was, does anyone care that houseplant just launched in the U.S.? Is the brand relevant with customers in Canada? And a lot of the, um, a lot of the commentary on this was around the fact that the brand in um, the brand in Canada is run by Canopy Growth, so all of their cannabis is grown by Canopy, distributed by Canopy, and in in the U.S. it's all going to be private. It's all bit like houseplants, I believe, is in charge of their grow, and so the quality that you're going to see in California for this brand is going to be exponentially better than what we're seeing in Canada. And everybody, uh, you know, a really common thing is like, we want, um, we want that version of houseplant. We don't want the Canadian version of houseplant. So it's interesting. No, it, it talks about strategy, right? And how when you're trying to break into different markets, how you have to bring a new twist, you have to bring a new offering for for that audience, right? So we know in California that we can probably list 10 different brands off the top of our head. And there's so many more that, you know, um, but one thing that I noticed, and once again, this is something we always talk with clients about as well, is that how um, exclusive drops 
is a very um, is what consumers are accustomed to, right? They go to a festival, they have they get all you know you know the swag and the T-shirt and the merchandise and all these types of different things. A show launches, you know, Amazon launched a show and they partner with Whole Foods, you know, as part of their brand. Now you have the promotional bags in Whole Foods for people on the way out the door. In California, when you have an oversaturated market, you have to bring something new to that market in which they can relate to. And I think they nailed it on the head being that we know Seth Rogen and his style you know, of comedy. You know, we've seen you know, him take partake in cannabis and all these types of different media and smoking up the cool bongs and all these types of different things. So it was only right that they offered more for this market. But it does suck that you guys are not going to get the good weed part. To hell with the merch. Seth is Canadian. What is that? Uh, Hey, I I was just wondering if I could chime in real quick. um, Because I'm really loving this conversation about uh, marketing across state and country lines. Um, I I used to be head of compliance for Dosis, where we were in multiple states and in Canada. And I will say, though, it is ridiculous the amount of regulations that are changed from state to state. Uh, the difference is, is pretty drastic. And Canada has a really like you were talking about how, uh, Jamie, you were talking about, like you know, trying to sell like mascara to people with eyelashes or uh, making that comparison. Uh, Canada has pretty much made it that way. They don't want people marketing this out to. And so it's so limited anywhere you can advertise. Um, same thing like in Nevada. Nevada had really, really strict. And so to see the difference in how marketing can expand in different areas based on the regulations, it can be super drastic. I, that so was just my. You're you're a thousand percent right. I completely agree with you, but with a caveat. So I think that brands in Canada, nobody is thinking outside of the box. And actually, one of my favorite marketing campaigns ever was a doses campaign in Toronto at legalization. And they bought Thank out. You. Yeah, they, I'm sure you know the campaign. They bought out all, all kinds of billboards, completely compliant. And the billboard said, happiness, not available in Canada. And then it was www.happinessnotavailableincanada.com. And you better believe my ass went right to that website because I was like, what is this? And so, you know, like that's something to me that is interesting and it's unique. And I'm still thinking about it two and a half years later. And that's a campaign that hits the nail on the head. That's compliant. I, I I hope you were talking about doses. My phone just went out and it went like a poor connection. But yeah, I worked <laughs> on that. But I did work on that campaign. And um, I, I worked uh, extensively with our marketing department. And I agree with you so, so much that these people are not thinking outside of the box. You, you know, know, like, uh, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. I, 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 I see the same things over and over and over again. And if I see one more fucking brand with like floral wellness all across it, I don't know who decided that moms were going to be the new target for weed. Um, but like, oh, hallelujah. It's, like, it's time to get a new target. Like enough. I agree. And I think that that's, what's so frustrating is, is I've, I've worked with a lot of who I think would are, are really talented uh, marketing professionals 
and they leave their jobs at some of these huge companies and they come into cannabis and immediately they don't, uh, they, they are floored because they can't use any of their marketing tactics and they can't pull out their bag of tricks uh, and, and do that in cannabis. So I think it takes a lot of people like in marketing, it's so important to have a, a, a blended family uh, people that are from the industry that have been in it for a long time that understand the regulations and the new people bringing in fresh ideas. Uh, because if not, you're going to end up just regurgitating the same marketing campaign. Time. Yeah. Brett, and I love that, Brett, you brought up that point of making sure that your team is diverse or different experience. And that's what Bouquet is about, right? A group of women who got tired of seeing the same old things. Um, agencies, you know, um, have the same strategy with every flower, every client that they have. It was kind of like, where's the freshness? Where's the, the original, the originality? You know, it's kind of like, you would think folks coming from someplace where there was so much, you know, rigid rules and regulations that when they got a chance to take that tie off, they would go buck wild. And some people just really don't. Yeah, I mean, I think some people are used to building brands on Instagram and Facebook. And this is this is an industry where the way you would typically go about building a brand, you don't have those tools at your disposal. And so you really do have to get creative and you really do have to think outside the box. And I think it it is the reason why you see certain brands killing it because their teams are engaged and they're thinking strategically and creatively and they're not just wash rinsing and repeating all these other ideas. And then you see these other brands and I don't care how well funded they are, they can have all the money and they think that they might have, you know, a longer runway to burn cash to like be left as the last man standing. But I think we're going to start to see, you know, a lot of these unoriginal ideas just sort of a number of brands just going nowhere and then going bankrupt. 100%. I could not agree more. I feel like I've, I've witnessed this over the years that I've been in the space. Uh, how many companies have just, just, you know, thought they had enough money, blew money, like they had won the lottery and then went bankrupt essentially. And, um, or they'll spend a ton of money and time on marketing, but they don't actually sure up their foundation and then they don't have the product to actually move in the market. So, you know, canopy, I, is always the, the, my prime example for what not to do as a cannabis company. Um, but you know, when I got started in this industry, um, a, an agency that I worked at was the agency of record for canopy growth. And so I got a real inside look at Canopy from the lens of legalization. And their attitude was not that they had to have the best product. It really was that they were the biggest and that they could, they would outlast, you know, a number of people. And so, you know, they put out these brands and were boasting about being first to market, first to market, first to market. But like, as a marketer, I'll tell you, the hardest part of your job is getting somebody to buy your product twice. Not once, twice. Because you get them to buy it once, and that's marketing. But then if they buy it again, it's because they liked it. 
And so, you know, you're seeing with Canopy, they have no market share. They're, nobody will buy their products because they're trash. And they really like blew an opportunity, I think. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Brett. Well, you know what, Brett, thank you so much for joining us. I definitely have to um, connect with you and get your number again and just to catch up and see what ways we can align with one another. I would love that. I'm always yes. here. I, I work now. I'm I'm director of operations for Island Cannabis Company, and we're working on some pretty amazing stuff. And so I'm excited for this year. Yes. Yes, definitely. We will definitely reach out. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for making our discussion today uh, for fulfilling with all your information and your experience. Jamie, girl, once again, thank you for being you. Thank you, Tyra. Thank you, to the thank room. you for being you. <laughs> and um, we'll be back next week with another uh, episode of Ganja and Grigio. I'll be here. All right. Yeah, thank you, Brett. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you, Brad. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.